We're finally back on the Real Horror Show podcast because somebody's on summer vacation and doesn't know what day of the week it is. Yes. Hello. I am so sorry. I, <laughs> I, if I mess up one time, it's my fault. If I mess up two times, it's still my fault. Like, but even worse than before. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm finally here. So the third time is the charm. So here right, I am. I'm, I'm unprepared. I got to pull up the Wikipedia page for the movie. Um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's a very exciting day in the real horror show household because we're it finally is. reviewing The Boy 2. Yeah. Oh, or, you mean Brahms, The Boy 2. <laughs> yes, Brahms colon The Boy 2, <laughs> yeah. which I affectionately refer to as uh, The Boy 2, The Boy is Back in Town. The Boy is Back in Town. And uh, Seth from uh, the Thanks for Coming podcast referred to it as Two Brahms, Too Furious, which I am still laughing about. That is fantastic. And I'm still over here trying to think of a knee slapper <laughs> along those lines. And I haven't thought of one yet. But if if we recall in the lore of the Real Horror Show podcast, we reviewed The Boy a few years ago. And I recall we both we we both liked it for the most part. You know what? The first one was actually pretty decent because I was thinking about it. I was like, it had some pretty creepy elements. Mm-hmm. And it was like more, I think it took itself a bit more seriously, Yeah, but it worked. Yeah. yeah. And I think our biggest gripe was that the timeline of events, the, of past events in the movie didn't make a lot of sense, but overall the atmosphere and the twist at the end yeah. really won us over because oh, the yeah. boy is set up to be a haunted doll movie, Yeah, but it's not a haunted doll. It's just a guy living in the fucking walls. And that's a really fun twist. That's a big shocker. Yeah. His fucking haunted doll movies are a dime a dozen. Yes, they are. (laughs) Um, But the boy too just completely shits all over that. It does, Sam. It really does. And And it doesn't, it does not make sense to me because I'm 99% sure it's the same director and writer of the first movie. So I'm just, I'm going to guess that the first one was so, was successful enough that they justified the cash grab of the sequel yeah and we ended up with this because it's hard to do a sequel to the boy because that twist is very good and you can't you can't have that kind of twist again because you know that Brahms is living in the walls exactly so then what yeah what do you do then next so yeah so we're here talking so Brahms the boy 2 is a 2020 British supernatural horror film starring Katie Holmes Ralph Ineson Christopher Convery and Owan, he's got fucking Irish names. I know. <laughs> Just Owen. Owan. Owen. 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 <laughs> Owen, yeah. Here we go. Like, letters don't seem to mean anything in Ireland. Absolutely not. They just throw them in there like salt and pepper, dude. There's like... <laughs> like, um, my nephew's yeah. name is Ewan, and they went back, on, back and forth on whether or not to do the traditional Irish spelling of yeah. Ewan, apparently. It's like, why, why would you do that to the baby? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> in America. Like, if you're in Ireland, yeah, because they'll know how to say it. But in America, the, people are having trouble even, even saying Ewan, even though Ewan McGregor is a super famous actor. I know. Yeah. What do they say instead of Ewan? Uh, Ewan. <laughs> <laughs> Which. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, because that's they're trying their best. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, um, a standalone, <laughs> it's a standalone sequel to the 2016 film The Boy. It is directed by William Brent Bell and written by Stacey Muneer, the respective director and writer of the original film. So standalone sequel, I guess this that means it's intended to be its own movie. You don't have to watch the first one to understand it, which I can tell because they really did just kind of shit all over the first one with this sequel. They, they did. And that's why I was like confused as to why it was becoming the creepy doll mm-hmm. movie. So they're trying to like connect it back and give the doll more yeah. meaning when it didn't really need it. Yeah, if I... So if I hadn't watched the first one and I was a I was a normie horror fan who didn't keep yeah. up with like horror shit, if this movie was not called The Boy Two, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't guess that it was a sequel to another movie. Same, yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and get into acting because Katie Holmes got a Golden Razzie nomination for this movie. Oh no, she did. Yeah, which I'm not shocked because her character sucked. I know, but you know what? I feel bad. Oh God, I'm like scrolling up and down on Google and the bra- on Ronto is like one star for this movie. Like Jesus Christ. But anyway, uh, I feel bad for Katie Holmes because remember she used to be married to uh tom cruise mm-hmm. who's like a scientologist mm-hmm. so she's just tries trying her best but yeah her character did suck like i always feel bad for katie holmes because i'm pretty sure she could have had a much better career at this point had she not been married to tom cruise and kind of trapped in scientology because she was the love interest in the first batman movie yeah in the in the nolan trilogy but then she got recast with maggie gyllenhaal because um i guess either she was pregnant or tom wouldn't let her do the movie again um so i don't know maggie maggie gyllenhaal has the career that katie holmes could potentially have exactly and i've (laughs) seen i've seen interviews of katie when she was married to tom and in scientology and they're night and day compared to how she interviews now like she was very stiff and awkward before but now she's very lively and full of life because i i imagine scientology sucks the life out of you literally and thank god we're not famous enough for scientologists to stalk and harass us and hear us talking shit about their religion yeah their their religion ho 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 um (laughs) So she was also in Scientology too when he was. I, I, I believe yes, because they were married. Dang. So she joined the church naturally. Oh God, yeah, I guess you would have to because he'd probably like make you. <laughs> because he's he he and John Travolta are like the most prominent oh, figures. Yeah. John in... Travolta I forgot the other one. I knew it was Tom Cruise because he's like a nut anyway. But like John Travolta is like an okay guy, but now he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh fuck. Um. But yeah, I I did not care for Katie Holmes' performance in this movie. I didn't like how the mother was written. Like, she was kind of mean when the doll came into the picture. She was mean, and I, I don't like how the mother was written because also she let her child, like, walk all over her mm-hmm. at times, too. And I was like, you're just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just boring. She had no personality except being a mom. She's like, did stuff, but didn't, like, have any, like, essence of herself. That makes I sense. Agree. 
Yeah. Um, apparently, like at the end, we get a little tidbit that she works in publishing, but that came out of nowhere. It totally did. And I was like, I would have been happy for her to just be like a stay at home mom because mm-hmm. her husband seemed to have like the big time job where he yeah. would travel. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe instead of having her randomly work in publishing at the end, you could establish her character as she's a stay at home mom because she's an author. Or that too, because she looks bookish. Yeah. Uh, with her big glasses and stuff. And that, that's giving her kind of a personality outside of being a mother. Yeah, exactly. And it would work if she was stay at home because she, you know, can have a little office set up and all that. And yeah. They're, yeah. And it can comp- provide a little more sources of conflict, segue into story a bit. Yeah. Um, the part where they found his little uh, stuffed bear bunny cut up, um, <laughs> yeah. which was kind of a dumb scene. And it she was, was very overdramatic in that. Yeah. Um, instead of that, maybe her novel got deleted off her book and that would justify why she's so mad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because she really like um, did have these moments of emotion where it was like too much uh, for the circumstance. So it was just like, really unbalanced for her like law like punishing her son to sit in his room all day because one he due to a traumatic event that happened at the beginning of the movie he has selective mutism um and so when he cut up the rabbit um he wouldn't admit that he cut it up he kept saying no it wasn't me and she's like all right well you can just go sit in your room until you're ready to tell the truth right (laughs) and i just i we don't have a backstory for that bear other than in the beginning of the movie, he said he was too old for it. Like it's not established that his dead grandmother gave it to him or something, or that it was a family heirloom. Yeah. So it's just a very out of pocket reaction in my opinion. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Cause there's no like, you know, exposition as to why it's important at all. But if he doesn't if even he, want it anyway, yeah, like <laughs> deleted her novel off her computer, I would respect that reaction a lot more. Yeah. Or if she was working on her novel and like she was having trouble with like her publisher, like given her harsh reviews or critiques or the yeah. timeline got fucked up. Anything like regarding work that will make an adult upset. Yeah. But if your kid it's, destroys your the doll, won't you be like, well, are you OK? Who did it? Tell me all about it because you need to be open. Because he's traumatized. He's going through shit so that could be a cry for help and in the scene right before that they heard him talking for the first time since the incident to the doll and they're like i guess we're keeping it and she's like yeah i love that doll and immediately immediately in the next scene she takes it away from him as a punishment which i i feel like every child psychologist would um advise against that if it's the one thing that's starting to pull him out of yeah where he is yeah, because it's like a backpedal thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they clearly don't know how to, like, be parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, or fuck? how to write parents. Yeah, because... And since we're talking about characters and not being parents, where the fuck does the dad keep going in this movie? I don't like, know, but he goes away. Like, he'll be there for a scene and he's like, well, I'm off to do something. <laughs> and then disappears. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, okay, honey, bye. Yeah, they it's very bizarre. So because they they bring up the trauma she experienced during the break-in mm-hmm. a couple of times, it never really gets addressed. And I don't think she goes to see a therapist ever. It's all about um, yes, the kid. 
all about Jude, I believe is yeah, his Jude. name. Yeah, Jude. That's it. Yeah. So her trauma never gets resolved and the dad's kind of just there to exist. So why not change <laughs> the trauma they both experienced from that burglary instead yeah. of she got hit with a frying pan and almost died, change it to he comes home at that very moment and the burglar like shoots him or something and oh, the shit. dad dies because the dad plays no role other than <laughs> like just You're being right. there to talk to like, her oh so the doll's doing something creepy yeah the doll's doing something creepy it's the doll is it yeah is it i know he's all british <laughs> yeah were they in like england last time yes um okay technically yeah because uh greta who was the na- nanny in the first one she flew to england to be an au pair or nanny That's right. to That's right. what she thought was a child and also oh. to escape her abusive boyfriend See, that is what I call depth. Yeah. <laughs> she has a motive. Yeah. Katie Holmes is just doing whatever. Yeah. Um, and so the dad just exists to be an exposition guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the boy, not not the boy, but the boy <laughs> Jude. <laughs> um, I think I liked him better when he didn't talk. Yeah, me too. He's kind of like... He wasn't uh, a great actor when he yeah. actually had to vocalize. But when he's just sitting there being creepy, he's he's A-OK in my book. Yeah, yeah. It's cooler and creepier in a movie when the kids write little things on their little notebook pad and draw mm-hmm. scary stuff. But uh, oh, Speaking of the notepad, after yeah. the table flipping incident at the dinner, uh-huh. um, that was after she saw the creepy shit he had been drawing in his notebook and that he and Brahms were having conversations in the notebook. And so she takes it to her husband after the table flipping incident and they're no longer there. And he's like, are you implying he ripped out pages in his notebook? Like that's the most unfathomable (laughs) thing in the world. Like it's not just a fucking spiral sketchbook. And then he like immediately like accuses her of flipping the table and then blaming the kid. Like what's wrong with you, dude? Like you're so, that's like, a dick move yeah the fuck uh yeah yeah dude he rip it's like sure he rips up his toys he's gonna rip out some pages and then the only other noteworthy performance there are like a couple extras that come in just to give brahms uh more people to hurt but they don't really matter oh is a is joseph who i guess is the guy that ended up repairing uh brahms after the events of the first movie because if we recall the first movie brahms was smashed and there wasn't like a weird demon corpse in it it was just a fucking doll yeah and i remember that moment in the first movie when it does get smashed and it was actually like a huge moment because we didn't know about the guy on the wall yet so Mm -hmm. that doll like was like it was precious and that dude fucking broke it like a jerk god damn that scene in the first movie was so well done because he broke the doll and then the house starts making all this fucking noise and then the mirror breaks and that's like and that was scary like that was such a good moment i stand by my opinion that the boy would make a really good stage play Oh, for that scene alone. Yes. That could be like your big, I've never seen Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, but I believe there's a moment with the uh, chandelier that people get hyped about. Yeah. I don't don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, Oh, man. I I know. I like him because of Jesus Christ Superstar. That's like his one good thing, but the best part of Jesus Christ Superstar isn't even Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's like 
the original guy who played Jesus that did that crazy high note. Yeah, Ted Neely. He's a, he's like great. <laughs> he's still alive. The reason people like Jesus Christ superstars and even Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's because Ted Neely was phenomenal. Ted Neely's just so good at singing. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Andrew Lloyd Webber. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the, the chandelier for sure. Yeah, so um, Joseph apparently fixed the doll. He like Apparently, this doll now has a whole history uh, yeah. surrounding it. And that's Joseph's role is he's like the keeper of the doll, but he ends up dying. So I guess he's not a really good keeper of the doll. No. He also all. buried the doll. So like, that's not a very good caretaker of the doll. He buried it like not well, too, because the whole arm was out. So mm-hmm. like, didn't he notice that it wasn't all the way buried? I guess oh. not. Jeez. That's why that's why we bury people at six feet. So when it rains, <laughs> so we don't make a mistake. Yeah. So so when it rains, you know, the, the dirt arm. doesn't wash away over them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking shallow grave. Uh, uh, but so getting into story, the whole yeah. crux of the story, I really think you could cut out that opening scene and just have it start with Jude in the therapist's office. But the yeah. the movie starts with. Katie Holmes and her little mischievous son. Yeah. <laughs> at home, they go to bed. Did you notice the painting on Jude's wall at home? It was very disturbing. And I thought they were going to make him out to be like a freak kid. Yeah. Because of the creepy shit on his wall. And I was like, why is that so creepy? It looked like it was reminiscent of like Tim Burton art. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I noticed that when I, so I saw this movie came out in February, 2020, and it was not the last movie I saw in theaters. The Invisible Man was. So if this had been the last movie I saw in theaters, I would have probably been in in a much worse mood during the entire pandemic. Yeah. Mine was a Star Wars movie, I think, before. See that, that, I mean, it it was probably Rise of Skywalker. So not the best, but at least, you know. Not bad, yeah. (laughs) Not terrible. You, You still got that nice little Raylo kiss at the end. <laughs> we should just like do Star Wars stuff like for fun. <laughs> but anyway, either, like, anyway. The yeah. fact that so <laughs> Raylo stands for Kylo Ren and Ray, and that's their mm-hmm. ship name. Um yeah. and like actual honest to God, Raylo fan fiction is being published in the romance genre. And I think yeah. that should be a sign of how much those two should have ended up together at the end. Uh-huh. A lot of people really wanted that, but you know who I wanted to be with Ray? Who? Um, Finn, because from no, the first Finn movie, is in love with Poe. Poe and Finn. No, no, because I don't like Poe and I wish Poe wasn't even in the movie. So I just pretend he's but not But you like there. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, but not in the stupid role of the stupid guy. All he could do is drive the stupid plane, whatever. <laughs> you don't like him in the Harrison Ford role? <laughs> no, because that's exactly what he is, man. I'd rather just Harrison Ford just not be dead. Spoiler, sorry. We should have fucking seen his movies already. Anyway, but uh, anyway, um, just like just like Brahms the boy too. Just pretend that the dad doesn't exist. So there's a burglary. Oh yeah. Uh, because the dad is working late because he's a very absent father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does he work way late into the night? Wait, quick. Before you go into the burglary, did you notice that everybody was just, like in deep sleep? At, and the burglary happened at eleven thirty. She woke up at eleven thirty-one, and I was like, "Why would someone burglar your house like when you could still people be are, awake?" People are still awake at eleven thirty. I'm usually <laughs> I'm in bed, but I'm awake. I know. <laughs> I got burglar. 
learn at fucking 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> the fuck? So everybody was an idiot in the whole house, burglars and people that were already asleep. Anyway, okay, oh, now it's And another thing I'm very confused about, Yeah. and I meant to rewind and rewatch this, but I decided to make lunch instead. Um, <laughs> yeah. After, so of course the little boy is like sneaking around because there's a burglar in the house of course and you do and um he the burglar attacks the mom when she turns the light on and the other one knocks her out but then there's a random woman there shaking her awake did you catch that what no was that the nanny or something i don't know maybe i was looking at my phone (laughs) there's like women's hands shaking her awake Oh my god! Maybe but, it was supposed to be the boys, but they had like a body double, and it was just a fucking lady. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Um, I'll have to rewatch that scene and verify when I post this episode. I'm sure uh, it was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So then we flash forward like a year or a few months after that to um, Jude at his child therapist, and um, he's no longer speaking he writes in a notepad uh we go home and the dad serves his purpose of exposition by saying i think you're using jude as as an excuse because you keep having nightmares too and we're just not dealing with that and she's like (laughs) yeah she looks at him and she's like ugh and then later that night she does have a nightmare (laughs) and that's when they decide to go out to the countryside to get away from it all Absolutely. As you do, just go be really secluded. So if something happens, you can't escape. <laughs> and once they get to the country, they go for a walk through the woods to explore Definitely. and they find the house from the first movie. And as any white person should do when you find an abandoned house, they, they, go. they win in it. They trespassed. Yep. <laughs> you go in it. And then they get startled when a man says, stop that. (laughs) Hey, stop that. (laughs) Um, Which is rude because that's part of our culture and you shouldn't tell us not to go into the creepy abandoned house. I mean, we know that if no one's in there, then we're in there. (laughs) Right? Which off topic, but speaking of creepy houses, there's this beautiful like 1800s gingerbread house for sale in my area for like $150,000. David won't let me buy it one because the inside is completely gutted. So we'd have to do all that work. And two, it's in the middle of the woods. So it's definitely haunted. You need to send me the listing. Is it on Realtor or like Zillow yeah, or whatever? Me, oh God, Realtor updated their app. I, I don't like it. Oh, you don't like it? I was going to ask if, it, if it's better. It's worse. I don't Damn. like when people change things. That's like when, I don't know if you use AccuWeather as a weather app, but like they updated, do you remember they updated like, I don't know if it was like six months to a year ago now. And that's worse than ever, Mm -hmm. ever before, but I will not like uninstall it for some reason. Like this house is absolutely (laughs) gorgeous, but I do agree. It's in the middle of the woods and it's 100% haunted, but for that price tag. Oh, for that price tag, you can absolutely just, just deal with it. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to look at this when we're, oh my God. Even the thumbnail is quite creepy because <laughs> it's all white, Sam. <laughs> so while the parents are exploring the abandoned house, the son also does what, you know, little white children do in these horror movies and goes to, explore the wor- goes, goes to explore the woods. And that's where he finds Brahms. Yeah. And he brings, it back to, he brings it back to his parents. And 
they're like, well, do you want to keep it? Because again, um, white people, white people are like, oh, that's really fucking creepy life-size doll. You want it? (laughs) Yeah. You want it? Okay. I guess we'll take it. I guess we'll clean it for (laughs) you. And that whole cleaning sequence of Brahms was just so dramatic. It was very dramatic. Like we could just we didn't even need to have that whole sequence do like, something to else yeah like why not why have it be so like intimate when you could establish yes. a bad relationship between Brahms and the mom right away with her like just rough handling him yeah <laughs> yeah just, just like <laughs> she grabs a Brillo pad and just starts scrubbing his face and then, and then she's like oh fuck oops and it's like scratches all over it and then she like dumps him into the the like sink and it like because <laughs> he's like porcelain I guess She's like, oh, whatever. Just I would toss just him be... in the washer. Yeah. If you try, <laughs> she should have just put him in the washer, and it would be. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was in a rush. I'm like, I don't have time to like clean this doll's eyes with a little Q-tip. Like, yeah. I do not have the time to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a doll your kid found in the wood. You have you have no idea what the value of it is. If my kid found a doll in the woods, I'd be like, well, if you want to keep it, then you need to clean it off and make it like usable. Mm-hmm. So you know how to like take care of stuff. <laughs> so like that kid was old enough to know how to like wash stuff. That, that's-, that's my other problem with her as mom. She like basically did everything for him as if he was like a like maybe a four-year-old, but he was yeah. like 10. No, I agree. He was a 10-year-old and the way he's written is very much like a five-year-old, but you can't have a five-year-old play this role because you need him to be able to write in the notepad. And a lot of five-year-olds have very none too rudimentary um, writing skills. skills, So they wrote him as a five-year-old, but directed him as a 10-year-old. So you just get this kind of dumb kid who Katie Holmes babies. Yes, and you're just like, what is his age? I don't know. <laughs> but he's big enough to be older. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so then after that, yeah, what happens right after they clean it? Just things go? Um, Just things start to happen. Like, they all agree the doll is creepy, but weird things don't really start to happen. Um, I think it's after the bear thing and Jude blaming, like, the weird stuff on the doll that Katie Holmes is like, all right, let's figure out what this doll is. So she Googles how to identify antique dolls and she gets the instructions. Uh, There's a serial number engraved either on his hand or his foot and she finds it on his foot and we get our one jump scare of the movie while she's, while while she's doing that. Yeah. Um, Wakes up the child and probably re-traumatizes him a bit. (laughs) And I want, I want to talk about one aspect of this scene. Okay. Um, where did Brahms get his pajamas? I don't know because I thought he only had one outfit, which is a suit. Because he, they found him in a suit, and yeah. then he has pajamas. So did did he? Was he also buried with a wardrobe, or did, <laughs> yeah, like a tiny or, piece? Is that one of the things the dad did while he was being an absent parent? Is go out and buy little pajamas, <laughs> matching pajamas for Brahms? Yeah, matching pajamas for Brahms that fit the body of the doll. I don't know. (laughs) But she goes and Googles his serial number and no results come up. So Mm -hmm. that's creepy, right? No, no results. So she wads up the paper, just immediately gives up. Oh, Uh, of course. Just forgets about it for a week or whatever, however many days go by. (laughs) And then more creepy shit happens. Um, 
Brahms uh, or Jude starts wearing a nice little tailored suit to match Brahms. Oh, yeah. Uh, he refuses to eat unless Brahms gets a plate at the dinner table. So Katie Holmes uh, is fed up and she's like, all right, we're just going to sit here until you eat your dinner. And he doesn't. <laughs> and she's like, all right, sit here all night for all I care. And he writes down, you're making Brahms angry. Oh, yeah. And like you're not following his rules or whatever. Which, yes, let's talk about the rules because the rules were a huge part of the first movie. Yes. Like it was all centered around the rules and the rules were weird. But then the reveal that Brahms was a man living in the walls, suddenly those rules completely make sense. Yes, definitely. But now. <laughs> but like she finds the rules while she's cleaning the doll yeah. and just sets it aside. And then they never come up again. <laughs> yeah, that's like, why I forgot I get, what the rules were. <laughs> like, I guess one of the rules was when you read at night, read loudly and clearly. And that's because Brahms can hear her in the walls. Yeah. And I think we get a bit of an allusion to that um, when the parents hear him speaking in his room to the doll. I think that's because he's reading loudly and clearly to the doll. Right. But the rules are just there to exist. And we're supposed... Like, again, if this wasn't titled The Boy 2, I didn't know this was a sequel, and I went in thinking this was a standalone movie, I wouldn't fucking know what he's talking about. I know, right? <laughs> because we get the one quick flash of the rules, and then yeah. we never read them aloud, we never acknowledge them, except for you're not following the rules. Yeah, and then, like, they invited guests, and he said the rule, one of the rules is, like, no guests or some shit, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, yeah, the rules, Okay. <laughs> But what are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, and there oh, was yeah. this one. Yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> before before the dinner scene, that's when we got the scene where she's going through her son's little spiral sketchbook notepad and yeah. sees the disturbing drawings of uh, the dog gutted in the woods at some point. Uh, Joe, uh, that, that hasn't come up yet. Um, drawings of a dog gutted in the woods, drawings of uh jude killing both of them with a shotgun oh my God. Um, and she does, naturally she doesn't immediately bring this up to her husband they just go ahead and have dinner normally and then you know um because she makes brahms mad when she steps into the kitchen brahms flips the table over of course yes <laughs> and the dad's like actually katie holmes i think you did it and uh yeah yeah girl i'm gonna go to work <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite parts, I think bef- it was a little bit before all this, is whenever Katie Holmes is, I guess, doing whatever research she was doing, and she's alone in the house with Brahms, and she kind of, I think she might be cleaning or doing something weird, but she, like, kind of, like, gets really close to the doll, and she's, like, staring at it, and then she, like, tries to, like, scare it to see if it'll blink, and I'm like, Katie Holmes, like, if you're actively doing this, and you know it's a doll, why, what are you trying to do, be- scare yourself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that that's one of my favorite parts. I was like, girl, I don't even worry about it. Um, but then uh, the next thing that happens is I think they invite their family members over. Mm-hmm. And this leads way into one of my favorite parts of the movie because it's so fucking outrageous. Yeah, I rewatching this. Um, I loved the scene. Um, not condoning violence against children. Never. Yeah. Um, never. But so the shithead cousins come over. And they're playing croquet outside because England. As one does. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um, the douchey boy cousin is like, let's smash his face in with the croquet mallet. As they do, of course. <laughs> and Jude is like, 
no, but he doesn't say anything because of his selective mutism. Oh, and yes. They, they start at some point. There's a broken croquet mallet. I can't remember how it gets broken, but it's sticking out from the ground, which is just yes. a safety hazard. Yeah, it's like the sharp, super sharp part of the wood. And then it happens. But I forgot about it for a bit because of all this little drama with the kids fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Katie Holmes watches this all go down and she never once raises concern to her sister-in-law. Yeah, she's uh, never like, hey, do you think we should break it up out there? Like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're playing tug of war with the croquet mallet. And um <laughs> Jude looks over at Brahms, and that's when he loosens his grip on the croquet mallet, causing his cousin to step on a croquet ball, fall backwards, <laughs> and get stabbed through the shoulder by the sharp wooden. Uh, croquet mallet and Katie Holmes watches the cousin scream on the ground for like a good 30 seconds she does and I was like is she gonna do something (laughs) like she just watches and she's like oh oh we should go out there he literally got impaled with a wooden stake and I thought he was going to die on the spot and I'm shocked that they like took him to the hospital (laughs) like he should be dead um, and it's implied that he does live so the body count of this movie is only two when you count um I guess Brahms no when you count the dog that's killed off screen and Joseph so they're they're the only body count um three if you want to count Brahms oh shit did the um did the hide and seek in the house happen before or after this scene? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, at, at some point, either before or after the scene, maybe maybe before, yeah. um, Jude goes to play hide and seek in the abandoned house with Brahms and Katie Holmes in a nice nod to the original because it's been established that um, she did read the article about, you know, a man living in the walls of that house. So she goes that was after then. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to, ex- she goes to try and find him in the house by climbing through the secret passageways in the house. And again, we get another nod to all the rules because he had the rules taped along the walls. Yeah. Um, and um, in a scene that's supposed to be terrifying, um, Jude comes out of the closet wearing the mask that Brahms wore in the first movie. Yeah. And that's when he starts to talk again. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, mommy. We were just playing. And she's like, why are you wearing this mask, freak? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all is forgiven because he's talking again. Definitely. Of course. That's all who, that matters. Who cares that you went into this abandoned house that is decaying from the inside? And you found a mask that used to fit a grown-ass man, but now it fits a little 10-year-old boy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Perfect and that fit. mask probably has tetanus oh. all over it. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> it's got some ringworm because that dude never like showered. He was all sweaty and yeah. hairy chest guy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, then the, <laughs> at some point the croquet thing happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, the croquet thing. <laughs> and I'm trying to Just remember what happened. I guess really from that straight into. Yeah, we start to get to their climax pretty soon after that. Yeah, so the dad's. Yeah, the dad's stuff. getting drunk at a pub and he's talking to a local who recounts everything that happened kind of in the first movie, but not really. The first movie doesn't really mean anything other than lore building in this movie. Yeah, um, all the dudes said at the pub was like, oh, I would never stay in there because it's like 
people just die there and stuff, blah, 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 you know, one of those. And, and then and um, he just bolts out. Yeah. And through that, um, the local also says, yeah, the groundskeeper over there, he went crazy and shit. Yeah. And that's actually a little like a uh, surprising turning point because I didn't know that he was like uh, an antagonist character. I thought Which, it was just like a dude. I think, I think that could have been a good twist if they weren't going for the demonic doll angle. I know, right? It would have been cool if he was the new Brahms that just was like a nut or, guy and or he was he just, always creepy. If he just was Brahms, like, I don't know. <gasps> yeah, because do we, what happens to Brahms in the first one? Like, does um, he die? Does he? I think we're him? supposed to believe he died, but we also never saw his face. So mm-hmm. we could we could be led to believe that the groundskeeper was Brahms. I don't know. Brahms. Yeah, older, much older. Yeah, it could be. Oh, they should have just did that. Yeah, Damn it. that would have been a good <laughs> twist. Uh, but um, he he um, yeah. holds Katie Holmes hostage at gunpoint and says, "Your son is safer than he's ever been now that he's with the possessed doll." He definitely is for sure. And Katie Holmes says, fuck you, and smashes his face with a plate or something, and then runs <laughs> to find her son in the yeah. boiler room. He's wearing the creepy mask again. Uh, the guy, the guy comes in and tries to stop Katie Holmes, but then the husband comes in and smashes the doll with the croquet mallet, as was foreshadowed by the douchebag cousin. And it's not just a doll anymore, it's a creepy, decaying demon thingy. Yes who has psychic powers that he then uses to kill the groundskeeper. Yeah. And then his like, he does look creepy because his mouth is all like, it looks like it's like a butthole mouth because it's all wrinkly around it and it's it's bleeding. And I'm like, Oh my God. Gross. So while, while Brahms was able to kill this full ass grown man, uh, he does nothing while Jude picks him up and throws him in the furnace. Yeah, he does nothing because actually he's just a little bitch doll. <laughs> just a little bitch doll. Little bitch doll. Oh, God. Um, and then we flash to the future where Katie Holmes is a successful publisher now who signed an author. And he's a stay-at-home dad now. And the son is happy. And he's like, oh, the dinner looks delicious. Yes, that tastes so good. You made the the like chicken with a whole bottle of wine. Yum yum. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this I'm ten dad years doing? old. And I'm, I'm ten years old, and this is very appropriate conversation for me. <laughs> I know, right? Make a fucking meatloaf. <laughs> Jesus. And anyway. uh, that. Uh, he goes to bed in his creepy ass room and he still has the mask. <laughs> it's still creepy. He has the mask. He puts it on uh, and he says something about following the rules. And he's like, I love you, Browns. And, and cut, <laughs> cut to black. Yeah, um, something like that. So the story was, it was pretty, it was a pretty short movie. It was 86 minutes. Um, oh, yeah. But the first one is just, it was so good and it didn't need a sequel. And this one just really shat all over that sequel, that original one. Yeah, the original one, like, I think what made it so good was the actress playing Greta, her character, she just took that shit so seriously, Mm -hmm. like taking care of that child, but it made me invested Yeah, because it was interesting to watch the day-to-day yeah because i i skimmed the wikipedia summary for the first one just to refresh myself yeah and because the rules aren't just 
referred to, they, they are a crucial plot point of the original movie. And um, when she realizes she's just watch, she's just watching a doll, she doesn't take them seriously and breaks them all the time. Yeah. But Brahms, Brahms is willing to let her learn. And there's an instance where she's sick and locks herself up in the room because of reasons. And when she opens the door, there's a peanut butter and jelly made for her, which leads her to believe that um, the spirit of the child the parents lost is in the doll. So she starts actually following following the rules and taking it seriously and so that that just it worked like this the first one was very good yes it was because I was invested in like the doll because it was a longer movie too Mm -hmm. and then it was just the ultimate creep factor with a grown-ass man body with like the mask yeah do you think (laughs) Mm-hmm. So Annabelle is so fucking popular because of The Conjuring. She has three movies on her own. Do you think yeah. this sequel exists because of the popularity of Annabelle? I think absolutely because they wanted to go all in on the creepy doll movie. And that's why they went with the demonic doll. So that makes a lot of sense to me because Annabelle is the demonic doll. So you can't like, yeah, they completely changed over what the doll was from one to two because in one it's just made of porcelain in two it's like a tiny person like a demon like it's a (laughs) tiny demon that can't move well it can move but it can't move it just it can't and it won't but it can yeah oh I, I didn't mention my favorite part when um Katie Holmes realizes oh sixes look like nines so let me flip this over yeah and so she's able to actually find the information on Brahms. Uh, like his serial number she originally writes down is 606H. And you have to have an H or an yeah. O. You have to have some letter that is the same upside down. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's she picks it up out of the trash and flips it over and thinks, oh, maybe I should try searching H909. And that's what works. <laughs> and that actually made me laugh. Oh, that is funny because that's like... <laughs> Um, it's like, uh, too silly. <laughs> it's too silly for this movie, but they're like, if you're a big time publisher, maybe you should, I don't, I don't know. Like if she's trying to like be, you know, a working woman, why is she acting like an idiot? Yeah. But that's okay. Ugh, uh, I keep but- looking at pictures of the boy, uh, from the boy one. And a lot of people have made like fan art of him because I guess they're into how he looks. Yeah, he's a he's a very handsome boy. He is a handsome boy because he does have this like enormous body. So that makes everything okay. Yeah. Um, so let's... And not the new boy. Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess let's talk about the production, uh, production. of this movie. Yeah. Um, okay. It's it's pretty standard. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything, like, stuck out greatly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? This was meant to be a horror movie, Sam, but, like, I didn't notice any, like, horror movie production elements, like... Not really. There was uh, that yeah. one... that There was that one jump scare where Brahm's eyes roll in the back of his head and he spits out flies at Katie. <laughs> I must um, have been on my phone. I was like, when did that happen? There, I must that have happened, been scrolling. That happened while she was looking for his serial number. And instead of taking him out to the kitchen like a normal person, she did it with a flashlight in her son's room. Uh, 
<laughs> creep. Um, God. But and then the, the demonic head at the end too. That too yeah. is creepy. Um, but the first movie, which this is why I'm surprised that it's the exact same team behind this one. The first yeah. movie had a really nice gothic element to its cinematography. I remember it being very beautiful to look at. The house was gorgeous. The yes. outside scenery was stunning. It a lot was. of lush greenery. This this didn't really have a lot of those really pretty gothic elements because they're not in the original house. They're in a more modern house. Yeah, and it's like winter, so everything like looks crappy. And then there <laughs> were a few a few very dated film choices that I would expect to see in a movie put out in 2005, not a movie put out in 2020. Like when she's finally getting all of her information about the long sordid history of this creepy doll, um, where it's all transposed over her um, as she's reading it. That that felt very dated to me and not horror-like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Because I remember that. It's like, (laughs) yeah. God, the design of the original Brahms in the first movie, the human Brahms, is so fucking good. It is. I know. (laughs) I I enjoy a lanky slasher. Yeah, now that I look at him again, I don't mind the hairy chest because it just makes him look like he's just like a very mature man. And that's why that's why he's so creepy with the child mask. So that's why it's like jarring. (laughs) You're like, like, we get we have a lot of these bulky. Uh, Mm -hmm. slasher guys that I really like the lanky he's kind of fit yeah anyway um soundtrack (laughs) nothing memorable nothing was there even was there sound (laughs) yeah I can't remember a score to be had Uh, same here I could have been quiet the whole time I didn't notice Uh, um, yeah. there, there was no creepy silences in the house because Brahms doesn't talk they did they didn't like take the element of a doll and like mm-hmm. hone in on like the creepy stuff that could happen with, with and that's they did that in the first one like they she did. was really led to believe that this doll was haunted it could move when she's not paying attention to it yeah. and that's why she started following the rules mm-hmm. meanwhile the rules are only mentioned in this movie it's not actually a crucial plot element and right. katie holmes just hates the doll <laughs> no matter what yeah no matter what Absolutely. Oh, Sam, I'm looking at pictures from the second one, and it looks like Brahms has a third outfit. A third outfit? It's like, it's whenever they're out there playing croquet, or like whenever the kid's on the swing and the the older man comes and talks to him, he's wearing like a gray button-up sweater and like jeans. Where did he get all these clothes? I don't know where he got the clothes, but it's like the kid has matching outfits with Brahms, and I don't know when they went shopping to do all that. But they must have dolls incorporated. <laughs> they hate the doll so much, but they're getting their son matching outfits like, for the okay, doll. Okay, you can match, but like, I hate him. But I also love him so much because you talk to him. Like, make up your mind. No, you're right. He does have a little brown sweater he has for his little croquet match. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, all that being said, uh, what is left to discuss? Just the realistic elements of this movie. And I guess, like, a realistic element is one, always burglary. being home alone. Yeah, burglary, because always being home alone, your husband's not around, and then you get burglared. 
burglarized when uh, he's not around. So that sucks. Um, that would make me as a husband want to like adjust my working hours a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but he doesn't do that. So in fact, I would say he's more absent following the <laughs> burglary. He just can't stand it. He's, he's like, oh God, I can't stand Katie Holmes. I'm my freak kid. <laughs> I'm going to go to work. And doing what? I don't even know what his job is, but they don't let that one fly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what? else let's see um having your nephew get impaled by a wooden stake is really probably shocking and would ruin my entire weekend having having a sister-in-law sister-in-law who's slow to react to such a thing (laughs) yeah i'd be like um are you okay we need to call 911 um i don't think anyone calls 911 i think they just take him to the hospital like all willy-nilly so no one's acting like it's a big deal (laughs) that's also scary whenever people like don't take something seriously when it's like an emergency yeah Mm -hmm. uh let's see what else i guess a demonic doll is also problematic i mean if i had a child that went to the woods and returned with like a life-size porcelain doll then i'd make them put it back in the woods or something there's a reason it's in the woods i don't think So I've done urban exploration before Mm -hmm. um, and I've taken like one thing maybe and it was just a small porcelain cow that was really cute. Yeah. Um, I would not take a fucking doll. Yes, Sam. I definitely would because you know you have common sense and you're just like, this is bad business. When we were exploring those storage units, there were a lot of dolls left in them. Um, I did not touch those dolls. Well, maybe I touched one because there was a completely empty unit sands one rocking chair so maybe i took one of the dolls and put it in that rocking chair oh god just, that's you know, creepy <laughs> just for just for funsies just for fun but as I you do i wouldn't take one of them home yeah no i don't think ghosts are real but why would you risk it why would you risk it and then take it home and then clean it up and then dress like it just forget it's too much work too much yeah and then having the doll be like a demon underneath the porcelain that is problematic too i i suppose there's really nothing else because everything else is so unrealistic that it would never really occur Mm -hmm. in real life like the um being held at gunpoint by like the groundskeeper who's not your groundskeeper i don't know because he's crazy and he's possessed by the doll and that's the reason why he's doing that so Mm -hmm. There's that. And there's nothing else that happens within the film that's worth noting. It's just all kind of writing on just the, the doll being creepy. And yeah. then it's it's a demon. <laughs> so uh, I guess having a kid that is like you have a good kid, but like you have that weird like, you know, wall in their room that has really disturbing cartoon, like, paint on it. Like, whatever it is. I'm gonna have to look in, look at, like, a picture of that again. But, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, like, paint that on my kid's room. <laughs> I'd be like, your room is going to be I blue. wouldn't paint it on my kid's room and then expect them not to be weird. <laughs> or get nightmares because they're looking at their wall. It's right behind their head when they're sleeping. Like, if they want to go through a Tim Burton phase, they can wait until they're 13, like the rest of us. Yeah, I'm going to look up bedroom wall. <laughs> bedroom wallpaper. I hope it has it. 
Um, yeah, if it does, I'll send you a link. But it's just very, yeah, it looks, it's creepier than that. And if it was um, like Tim Burton art, that would make sense. But it's not, it's, it's like weird. It's like creepy monsters. I don't yeah. know why it's like that because I, th- we don't even know what the kids like. Like he can draw, I guess that's his little thing he likes to do is draw creepy shit. I don't know. It's just, there's literally no more, there's no other realistic aspects that I can think of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would give, overall, I would give this movie a, what the fuck did I just watch? Just, just watch the first one. <laughs> just watch the first one. I didn't even re- recall that there was a sequel because 2020 happened and mm-hmm. COVID happened like a month no, this, after. Yeah. This came out like three weeks before COVID happened. I mean, it was already happening in the rest of the world, but before, you know, we went on lockdown and all of our lives changed. Uh, (laughs) uh, Is there, is there a connection? Maybe. Did Brahms Brahms cause the COVID-19 pandemic? Maybe. Maybe he did because he is a demon. Mm -hmm. Do you need to watch the first one to watch the second one? No, No. you should just watch the first one and stop there. Yeah because it's pretty good yeah um, i have not seen any of the annabelle movies myself have you seen I, them i saw the first one and it was really bad but i guess <laughs> oh, the the two after it are actually good like ah. i think the two after it the conjuring like team actually handled those two to make them oh, more canon yeah. um the first one was just not not good at all because okay. i don't think it had any of the same they had the rights to use the character, but I don't think it was the same writer, same director. Um, but I, I, I've heard good things about the two that follow it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Maybe uh, we'll have to try to do those if they're like all together on Netflix. Yeah. At a good time. I, I have, um, I have yeah. only seen the first Conjuring movie and the random Annabelle spinoff. Oh, really? Um, I've seen, I think I've seen the Conjuring one and two think but you know what it's so hard to keep them straight because the same guy in the conjuring is the same guy in insidious yes the movies are similar and there's also two or three insidious movies and i know for a fact i've seen insidious one and two so i actually i'm not sure (laughs) the conjuring is probably my last favorite in theater (laughs) horror movie experience really because I, I think we saw it opening weekend. And yeah. so it had the good opening weekend vibes where people are on dates and stuff and not uh-huh. necessarily horror fans. They're just going because, ooh, scary movie. Um, right. <laughs> so you actually get like audience screams, which, you know, is what makes it scary is you're not expecting people to actually scream in the theater. Yeah, of course not. No way. So that that was like one of my last good horror movie yeah. experiences in theaters. Because well, cool. I. I usually see them on Thursday nights, so the theater's relatively empty. Yeah, it's just you and then the people yeah. that sit right next to you. <laughs> they need to, f- like, you see, yep. even if you're buying the tickets at the last minute, yeah, they show you the screen. And in what world is it appropriate to see that one person is sitting by themselves and be like, yeah, I'm going to book the block of seats right next to them and make this whole thing very uncomfortable for them yeah exactly unless they're like so dumb that they think that like with your circle highlighted they think that's like the only circle available Mm -hmm. there's no way they should think that though because it's not that hard to use we are in 2020 and just just don't sit next to singles yeah do not just stay away 
I, I could be crazy. I could be a creep. You don't know that. <laughs> I know. Why would I like go out of my way to like try to like sit near a person by themselves in the theater? No offense. Who's not a podcaster. Then what? Yeah. Yeah. The last horror movie I saw in theaters was men. And. Oh, dude, was that good? So I, uh, <laughs> my, I'm sticking with my initial review of it's pretty Okay. Okay. And a lot of other female horror critics have a similar opinion to mine. Um, I, mm. I recommend going to see it. It's it's more of a chiller than a thriller. It's kind of boring. And I like <laughs> Alex Garland. I like um, Deo Ex Machina a yeah. lot. I love that movie. But there's uh, something yeah. very uncomfy and weird about... Um, I think he's a straight white male. A straight white male writing a movie about female trauma and oh, the patriarchy. Yes. Um, mm. So it doesn't come off great. And when you finally watch it, because I, I think you'll probably enjoy it, if not have the same opinion of, as me. Like, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, when we get to the body horror at the end of that movie, it's the same exact thing. It happens like five times. And by the end of it, I was just so over it. Like, oh my God, this is this is the big body horror moment people were hyping up. One, I hated how it looked because it was CGI. Yes. Okay. So it was just a little too shiny for my liking. Okay. And it, it was just the same thing over and over again. I'm like, oh, are we done here? Oh no, it's going again. <laughs> it's going again. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of Rory Kinnear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so, if you like if you yeah. like him, absolutely yeah. see it. All right, he, gives, he gives a phenomenal performance. They all do. It's just the overall story is very weak and it has a lot of questionable parts to it. I like um, the, the woman's emotionally abusive husband happens to be the only character of color in the entire movie. I so, see. So just weird choices like that that are a mm-hmm. little uncomfortable. I see. Okay, that makes sense. And then, uh, of course, you know, a yeah. man writing a movie about female trauma. Of course, because he he's the one that would know all about that, not yeah. a woman. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not right. Though. A woman wouldn't know that. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess, I guess we can get into the end notes with the <laughs> impromptu. Yes, I for sure agree with you about my grade. I really said... Um, yeah, what the fuck did I just watch so hard that I scrolled through half of the scary parts? <laughs> so, um, yes, um, that is our grade. And I, uh, I have the, the outro. Is there anything else we should discuss before I, I wrap it up? Um, I guess so you don't have to ask me uh, any pertinent news. <laughs> any uh, other pertinent news, Sam? <laughs> My my the movie I wrote Turbo Cola is now available for purchase on Amazon, iTunes, and Apple TV. Um, it's like ten dollars if you buy it digitally, twenty two ninety nine if you buy the Blu Ray, and twenty two forty nine if you buy the DVD. Which I have a lot of thoughts on. The DVD should be like fifteen dollars, not nice. just fifty cents cheaper than the Blu Ray, but that's something to take up with the distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have no power to do so. Yes. Um, so it's kind of fun to be on the reviewed side of this um, thing we do. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't really care positive reviews or non-positive reviews because reviews aren't for me. Yeah. <laughs> they're for, exactly. they're for the people either planning to buy it or planning to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, and any negative reviews, I agree with a lot of what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but keep in mind, as I've alluded to throughout these last two years, I wrote a very good um, melan- melancholic take on Clerks, which I I don't have issues with the comparisons to Clerks because I yeah. tried writing the play for a few years prior to actually finishing it because I didn't know where to set it. And then mm-hmm. I watched Clerks and I was like, oh, fucking duh, a convenience <laughs> store is the most obvious choice for a place set in the 1990s. Definitely. And it's also a really fun setting to make on stage. Yeah, Um, for sure. Not just another fucking apartment. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't don't care about the clerk's references. What I do care about is one of the most valid critiques I saw was that the characters are cliched and there's not a lot of profoundness. And I agree because while 75% of the script is mine, they cut out a lot of character development, especially particularly for my female characters. Um, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the heart comes from is the main character's relationship with his mom. And that's cut down to, you could pretty much cut it out of the movie and lose absolutely nothing. Which you, right. you can't, you can't do with the play. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they replaced all of that with a shoehorned heist plot in it. Um, so still like, so bizarre. So, yeah, so every critique I've had of the movie since watching the second cut yeah. are critiques that other people are having. So, like, a 5 out of 10, a 6 out of 10, I don't really care because, again, I agree with the criticism and, um, yeah, it's ultimately, like, not the movie I wrote, so... I don't care. What I do care about (laughs) is that it's marketed as a comedy. And so people are telling me I'm not funny, but I did not write a comedy. I wrote a drama with realistic, funny bits. Like I I give a lot of credit to finishing my play to the first read through I had with my friends Mm -hmm. because I wanted to write a naturalistic moment in time for the stage. Uh, I also Mm -hmm. say I wanted to write an indie movie on the stage and that's what I did. And a lot of the natural, like one liners come from that first read through with my friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not meant to be a laugh out loud stoner heist comedy that they're advertising it as it's meant to be a drama with some funny lines in it. (laughs) Right. But anyway, um, I don't want to get in too much trouble for voicing my uh, opinion um, publicly but maybe someday we'll do a full our own full review and I'll get into like the nitty gritty background of everything but you can buy you can buy it on Amazon iTunes and Apple TV but if you want to support me directly my play is available to buy on Amazon yes and it's on it's on Kindle Unlimited as well really yeah oh I have Kindle Unlimited I'm gonna get it right now Fuck yeah. I'm not I'm not too happy with how the ebook formatting looks, but I work yeah. I did do my best. Yeah, nice. Well listen, I, 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 I probably I, did, I didn't have great. a Kindle yeah. until three weeks ago, so I could only test it on their like virtual Kindle yeah. while formatting it and it looked fine there. Okay. But I'll let you know it probably looks just fine, you know. I, I'm, I'm sure it looks fine. It's hard it's weird formatting a play on Kindle. 
Yeah. As, as we know, because we did it in grad school. We did. Yeah. Um, and so did you name your Kindle yet? Uh, yes, it is um, Kindle Jenner. Excellent. That's that's not my original thought. I can't remember who gave me the idea, but you know who you are if you're listening. Yes. So thank you. Um, and what kind of Kindle did you get? Just the paper white. I got the paper white too. Yes. Did you get a special color or just like a black one? Just black. My my friends bought it for me for my birthday. Oh, that's so sweet. I freaking love my Kindle, dude. I've, I've wanted a Kindle for so long. They're so expensive because I have yeah. a second generation Nook that is yes. no longer supported, so I can no longer update it. Dang, <laughs> so old then. Oh, so it's man. just it's just dead. It's just yeah. Um, well, I'm so glad you got a Kindle. I had never wanted a Kindle before COVID. And then I was like, well, I want to read, but I don't want to leave my house. So I mm-hmm. need to have a Kindle. And now I like grew to love it. Yeah. I haven't read a lot on it yet because I'm trying to get through the three physical books I have right now before yeah. I delve mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. So, um, yeah, if you got Kindle Unlimited, get that play. Yeah. All right. The world stop and go. Okay. All right. So, end notes finally. End notes finally. Let me read you the outro and we'll wrap it up. All right, you guys. So, Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Today, we learned that you should have a sense of urgency when you're a mom mm-hmm. if someone gets impaled, um, you know, and things like that. Don't be a creep. So, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, iTunes, and Pandora. Really, really like what you hear? Follow us on Twitter at Horror Show Pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something? Or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers on the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. It's not done according to the rubric. It will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list if you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay by simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And the other pertinent news was just discussed um, I just want to slip in there that we're still trying to trudge our way through seasons one through four of the originals on Netflix. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. So that that's an update we haven't given. Um, yes. Instead of the part of the reason the mini shows kind of disappeared is uh, yeah. Netflix is removing seasons one through four of the originals. So we're trying to rush through one through four of the originals by June 30th. So yeah. hopefully we will get through that and then give yeah. a full most series rundown um first week of july 
yes yeah, so yeah I, I really hope it works out i'm, I'm doing okay I'm, I'm doing i'm going as fast as i can and i just have to go much faster it's, soon i'm not wow. enjoying it as much as the vampire diaries i know me i too. hate I to say that I'm, because i love klaus i know and i love elijah and i i i keep like looking at my phone too much and i'm noticing that i'm like distracted mm -hmm. so but yeah we're, we're trudging through we're trying like i said we're trudging through you guys okay so just that's why that's what's going on here anyway right. our outro song is wait our outro song is called creepy doll <laughs> by jonathan colton um and thank you fuck up and have a slow evening and this is real horror show signing off bye 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 I'm a creepy doll that always follows